Hello there, and welcome back to an all-new and spooky Dicks in the Back Row, where we make fun of the good movies and trash the bad ones. I'm your co-host, Max Healy, and along with me in Nashville is Derek Brady, still recovering from last week. Derek, how you doing? Oh, God, I got a headache. But I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Favorite scary movie? Ready to get started? I'm glad that we've moved past deadly, murderous dolls. Agreed. And on Boston, we have Tim Begin. How you doing, Tim? I, I'm doing okay. I mean, uh, I don't like scary movies, so this this month is going to be difficult for the old Timster. But uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm you know championing through it here. Couldn't have said it better myself. Also returning from beyond the grave is Michael Preble. So first off, uh, thank you for taking the time out of uh, your busy week to rise from the dead to do our show and. Secondly, thank you for joining our show again so the rest of us can resurrect the death of last week's podcast. Oh, you're welcome, St. <laughs> <Saint> Vincent Price. <laughs> yeah. No, it's nice to be back. Boo. Like Vincent Price? Everybody likes Vincent I like it. Price. I think you need to stick with it. I love him. Show. I just don't like a poor interpretation of him. Well, good thing that was an interpretation of Vincent Price. I think you mean impersonation. God. Damn it. Whatever. Idiot. That was actually Vincent Price. Mike Mike is actually good friends with Vincent Price. I don't know if the listeners know that. He's been talking the, the last few weeks. Growing up in Boston, you know, you just get to know a lot of people. You do. It's amazing the people you meet on the train. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. The Green Line is a never-ending cavalcade of horrors, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, in week three of our Halloween movie month, we're moving away from Chucky and all of his smart-ass banter, and we're going to be covering the horror classic that set the bar for a million slasher knockoffs in John Carpenter's Halloween from 1978, starring Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis. And now, probably you've seen this movie before, right? Yes, I have seen it a couple times. Yeah, and I know uh, Derek and myself have seen it before, but uh, this is actually the first time for Timmy P-Pants because he doesn't like scary movies, so... Tim, just what was your initial reaction of this movie? My initial reaction is the same reaction I have uh, at every scary movie, which is that, um, you know, the the reason why I don't like them is that they're, you know, well, because they're scary. (laughs) (laughs) And they make me scared. Little timid Timmy. (laughs) But, um, no, I, I mean, I actually, I had the same reaction I have to every scary movie. I don't like it. I just don't enjoy it. It's too suspenseful, and I just cover all of that fear and realization that I'm, uh, you know, I'm afraid with sarcasm and uh, and making fun of it. So that's that's how it went. Fair enough. I didn't think that was ever going to end. I think Tim has enough horror and just suspense with the Red Sox bullpen. By the way, the Red Sox did beat the Yankees. We're growing up as a ginger in America. Yeah. Yeah. Go Sox. <laughs> Good recovery, Derek. I like that. <laughs> Starting strong, Derek. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, let's dive right, right. in, boys. Let's, yeah, let's get into the movie. So it starts off with uh, the, icon- the iconic score uh, by John Carpenter and this jack-o'-lantern. And um, I do like the intro with like, this old-ass-looking pumpkin. <laughs> yep, that score. During the opening credits. That is <laughs> I thought I was just going to keep that on. I said, just the entire show is just going to have that going on in the background. <laughs> just put it on the loop. 
But it uh, starts off in Hanfield, Illinois in 1963 with this POV view, uh, which I feel like just hooks you in right away as uh, this person is watching these two teens making out from outside the window. And you'll find out shortly that that person watching is a six-year-old Michael Myers and the girl is his sister. Um, I did... Anybody else notice, like, why was the back door wide open? <laughs> yeah, everybody leaves doors open in this movie. That happens multiple yeah, lots times. of back doors open. <laughs> and, and it was just a the, simpler time, gang. Well, and this is also one of the first Kennedy didn't die yet. He was a week away. Yeah. I know, that's true, actually. He's probably, like, three weeks away. Uh, well, this is one R. of the R. first R. movies that teaches you that, that sex equals death. Yeah. You learn that very on in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Those Randy teens... As, as a Catholic, I learned that very early on. Like, two, you learned that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, then this killer turns on the lights in the kitchen, grabs a knife, and you wonder if it's Chucky because these hands are tiny. <laughs> in the little... Oh, that's topical and rich. Yes, it is. But a uh, little fun fact, the hands are actually the uh, one of the producers, Deborah Hill, who's John Carpenter's girlfriend at the time. And uh, she's also from Haddonfield, New Jersey, because there's in Haddonfield, Illinois. Oh, I like that. Right. Oh, yeah. Did she, like, she also wrote this too, right? Yeah. She she was a producer and one of the writers. Yeah, they they wrote in like two days, and then uh, they wrote the second movie too. Oh, God. Yep. I'm just glad they included the associate producer. I don't know if y'all caught this name, but it's one of the most badass fucking names I've ever seen. Cool with a K, Lusby. Cool Lusby, associate producer. <laughs> that is definitely a fake name. It's a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name? Uh, uh, cool Lusby. Yes, that's my name. Peter Griffin. Griffin. Damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Peter Griffin. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. Is it racist of me to say that I think Cool Ludsby is a black man? It could be. Yeah, yeah, as I said, that might be it. I would be disappointed if it wasn't. <laughs> I, 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 I just, just thought it was like, Eastern European. It seems like a guy who would walk in. You thought it was Eastern European, really? That's disappointing to me. I'm going to say a Jew, so we can just knock off all the demographics of racism for white people. Yeah, Preble, do you want to do you want to pick one? Going to weigh in here. Uh, Our legal correspondent, Preble, you want to be racist well, it too? Looks like, it looks like my dick, my dick uh, space has run out. So I'm sorry, gang. I guess I <laughs> Real quick. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. After this. Oh. So actually, so I I was just gonna say, you know, Michael Myers is in the kitchen now, and the boyfriend has come down the stairs and is walking out the door. How quickly did those two have sex? <laughs> yeah. They had sex Dude, in like fifteen uh, seconds. Lots of lots of quick sex in this movie. We'll get to one later that I took some yeah. took some notes on, but there are lots of quick like. Virginity high school sex acts in this movie. Well, I'll, I'm just gonna go so far as to say the '60s was a great time because that kid just went upstairs, busted a nut fi- in 15 seconds, and is now leaving, <laughs> fully clothed down the and stairs, and is now leaving. <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, hey, do you want to give me a call oh, again tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, yeah, maybe. No, no. What a what a great no, time no, no. that no, is. He goes, she said, he, call me tomorrow. He goes, yeah, sure. If you're still alive, what? Dude, I'm, Nothing. Yeah. Your brother's coming up the stairs. He looks uh, weird. I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> also, that's what I wanted to point out. How did that guy not see a child dressed as a clown with a knife, like literally in the doorway, when he pauses on the landing of the stairs? Like it's a reasonable question. He just got question. his fuck on. That's why. <laughs> well, this is yeah. This, this is a very oblivious town. We'll get to more of this later, but yeah, 
very little awareness. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Thank also, you, Mike. <laughs> yes. Good to have you back, Mike. <laughs> I'm just here to provide them. I'm, I'm the rudder to the ship is what I feel like, so <laughs> I'm just glad to be here. Glad to be yes, here. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is right around the time, too, that um, I, in a text message the other day, I told Tim to make sure to put this on his smartphone, or put this on his, uh, his smart TV in his office, because uh, Michael Myers' sister, <laughs> looking pretty good, <laughs> until she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yabos. <laughs> Yabos for days. So here's what happened first is that I, I was going on my TV and I went on the my on-demand thing and I was like, uh, Halloween. I put it on and like I got like halfway through it and there are no tits and I'm like, oh my God, this is on AMC. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! So I, ha- so I had to rent the version with tits. <laughs> Naturally. How can we, can we really appreciate the movie? That is what it's, it's titled, yeah, right. too. It's Halloween 1978, edited Halloween 1978, tits. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I've got to say, one, one shot that I love, I've always loved since I was a kid and saw this for the first time, was the shot through like the little eye holes. I know we yeah. talked about that in, uh, in Footloose, how it was terrible with like the glistening lights around it, but I love the shot through the eye holes in this. I think that's super cool. Agreed. Yeah, it almost allowed Paco to imagine himself as Mike Myers. Yep. I felt <laughs> committing like I was these in that murders, stabbing an innocent teenage girl, <laughs> peeping. <laughs> yep, because that this is what. Oh, I'm happens. sorry. I'm sorry. A nude, a nude innocent teenage girl. Oh, okay. That's a lot better. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Also, fun fact. So uh, the sister, Sandy Johnson, she was uh, the 19. Okay, so she was the playmate of the month of June of 1974. Really? Yep. Yabos. I know. I, was, I guess this makes everything's fallen into place. So I like that. Oh, a well-deserved yes, playmate exactly. of the month, I must say. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, and and well, she. Now, you could tell she definitely didn't get this role for her acting, because when <laughs> she's being slain by the child, she's going, "Ow, ow." It looks like she's kind of like getting ready to sneeze, and she put her hands up to try to stop it. <laughs> Yeah, but I yeah. was gonna say, I, I just literally was like, "Defend yourself, lady! For for God's sake, like push Move. him over. He's a he's an infant. He's you fucking know? Like, six. Would yeah, would a child of that age have the like muscle, the muscles to actually like stab someone fatally? It's a question. I think it's a question that, if left up to science, science would determine no. <laughs> So. But he does have some pretty strong stabbing power later on, so maybe he was just born with it. Uh, this is just his natural yeah, oh, that's god, a, gi- god that's gift. That's a good point, Max. Yeah. 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 He's like the Willie Mays of stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get back to uh, Judith Myers still getting stabbed here. Um, yeah, also, nice little homage to Psycho, since you really only see the knife doing all the work as well. Like mm-hmm. There really isn't a whole lot of blood in this mm-hmm. movie. But uh, after this, not. though... Um, Michael then just walks out of the house and stands in the front yard staring into nothing, which I guess he also inherited from his parents because they just arrived home and they're just looking dumbfounded at him with his bloody knife in his hand. Yes. That's what was, they don't ask any questions. This kid's standing on the front porch door the wide front open. lawn with a yeah, door wide open with a bloody butcher knife in his hand staring blankly into space. And they just come on and they go, Michael? And then stare at him just for stare. an impossible amount of time. I also thought it was very interesting. Again, this this guy that was just having sex with the uh, with the now deceased daughter. 
Like, he must have known exactly these people were coming home because they, like, pulled up right away, right? It's like, oh, I got 30 seconds before before their mom and pa are home. I got to get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. I can make it work. Don't worry about it. I'll be out with time to spare. Michael, waste some time for me. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) God. I was kind of thinking that when the parents came home, it would kind of be funny if all of a sudden it turned into like an episode of the Honeymooners, <laughs> where it's just like Ralph Grandin's like, I told you, he's a psychopath. You didn't listen to me, you dumb broad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had enough to hear. Yuck, 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 yuck. Humming, humming, humming. I've told you how many times that this boy's going to murder somebody, and look what happened. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> and once again this movie could have gone a lot different if uh, John Carpenter wasn't doing all the scores of this and so it was just honey, Honeymooners music <laughs> can we say real quickly before we get too deep into this movie I love these old school slasher flicks for their score it's so oh, simple yeah. but effective I, I don't know if you guys felt that way Tim it's your your first time seeing this but I just love how simple the, the the theme is and how simple the score is throughout the movie, but it's still just, it's so effective. I agree. Oh, no, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I actually had written something down, too, just all the ominous music, just, you know, it's dated, but it's, like, movies have been ripping off Carpenter's score ever since this movie came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's an all-time classic. Absolutely. Fun fact, too, Carpenter's coming back for the new Halloween movie, uh, which will be out. yes coming up here and he's got doing all the music for it too do we uh do we want to do a a live dicks in the back row from the back row of the new halloween movie until we get kicked out yep yeah no i was gonna say that would be the most insufferable thing of all time <laughs> for both them but mostly for us <laughs> just carrying all of our laptops like sit up and back here Sp- spilling soda take, all over everybody oh, sorry ma'am you know okay yeah. well Let's get back into the movie. <laughs> it's okay. We've wasted enough time in the first two minutes of this movie because you then cut 15 years later to October 30th, and you introduce a Dr. Loomis and a nurse driving to this uh, this psych ward or crazy loony bin, whatever the political correct term is, and uh, Michael Myers has been residing in. <laughs> I think in. you got it with crazy and, loony uh, bin. Yeah. I think that's it. Nailed it. Thank you. So so here's something that I, th- I was thinking – I would never drive to an insane asylum on a night like that. No. I wouldn't go to an insane asylum at night, ever. If my mom was in there, I'd be like, oh, no, I'm waiting for a fucking sunny day in the middle of July. <laughs> you don't do that. That's just dumb. Well, That's it, how you get murdered. But, but, well, and we're going to get to it, but when they're wandering around, and she, the, the, the nurse asks, so since when do they let them just wander around? Yeah. It is pouring down rain. Clearly something is right. really fucking wrong. Right. Turn that car around now. Get the fuck out of there. And we'll cover that here. And certainly don't roll down the window. Yeah. I was going to say, this woman, I also love it when health professionals smoke. It just seems like so (laughs) antithetical to everything they've ever learned. Just that's yeah. to, you know, kind of exemplify when she's talking to like, yeah, you just have, again, that's like a really creepy image of like, it's pouring rain, it's pitch black outside, and you have just a bunch of people with mental illnesses just wandering around like, oh, that's that's when you just back up. You just go. Just turn around and just hustle out of there. We'll get them tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. This this uh, this nurse is a friggin' dummy, though, but she can't put two and two together. It's like there's like this cracked open front gate. All these criminally insane people are just walking around. She's like, oh. So it's when they, all the crazies just walk around. <laughs> it's like, uh, since never? Yeah, exactly. Are you a medical right. professional or not? 
Like, like right. hmm, this must be a new technique they've developed in Vienna. It's like, <laughs> no, of course not. They just escaped. Yeah. But uh, the whole reason why they're driving... This is the new Viktor Frankl uh, method. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the whole reason why they, they are driving there is just to pick up Michael Myers, because he's got to go to like some judicial review. Um, but also, not probably the best idea to pick up this guy the day before the 15th anniversary of the reason why you're there. Again, like Tim said, Bingo. maybe wait until, you know, like let's do it on the 2nd of July. It's going to be nice and sunny. <laughs> right, Everyone's yeah. going to be in a good mood. It's not going to be the anniversary of what is your clearly a trigger for you. <sighs> oh. Right. This. That doesn't make the well, most sense. Can we talk sense. about... If this guy's this dangerous... Can we talk about Michael Myers' athleticism in this scene? Um, so Loomis is uh, calling the, the security at the, the broken gate, and he uh, he does jump on the car. Grabs his dummy nurse yeah, by the I mean, face, and then after breaking the car window with a very strong high five, gets her out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> he springs onto that car like a five. fucking frog, <laughs> and, and and he lets you know it's it's like your best friend after like you've gotten drunk and gone to the bowling alley and he's bowled a strike. Like you know he's coming in with that high five, and you see it for a while, <laughs> but it's still gonna hurt when it hits you. You know that that's exactly what I equated it to. I mean that was. You saw it for a while. That was some meat and potatoes right there. He's just trying to say hi. Hi. <laughs> oh shit. I just, I just feel like Paco saw him jump up on that car, and he's like, "Oh man, Jeremy Pruitt should have been fucking looking at this guy on signing day." I was thinking that. Like, I mean, he he would he's pretty much Gronk in a mask. I mean, they really should have just right, exactly. I mean, he probably would have played for the for uh, the University of Miami if they you know could have just got that one murder charge dropped. Well, and to, Dude, to I'll tell you so what, Preble, yeah. Preble does a good job of bringing this up in other podcasts that we've done, but, you know, it's the why, right? So why did he, how did he acquire these incredible athletic skills and this impervious nature to all things harm? Yeah, what, what caused that? Is it his, I don't know many mentally handicapped people that could take a bunch of bullets, knife stabs, and, and leap on top of cars in one single bound. Like, what was it? I believe, as Loomis would say, he's pure evil. Because he is just so hell-bent on destruction that he... He's a demon. Is, I don't, yeah, basically. That he has really strong hammies? Yeah, man. He's he, got that quick twitch. The devil can do a lot of things for you, I guess. <laughs> yep. All right, fair enough. Um, Preble, thank you for that that insight. Hey, man. Just look at I'm Ray here. Lewis, you That's know? That's what I'm here for. This also does uh, cause uh, Loomis to have like a minor breakdown after Myers uh, leaves, though, in which he goes, He's gone from here! The evil is gone! <laughs> Loomis is at like a 10 this entire time. <laughs> the entire time. Uh, if any of you say that Dr. Loomis wasn't your favorite character in this movie, I'm going to fight you. I love Donald Pleasance in this. Oh, he was awesome in this. The whole time I was trying to figure out what else he was in, but he's in The Great Escape. He was Blythe yeah. in The Great Escape. They also... Blofeld. Yeah, James Bond. Yeah. What? He's the James Bond. Oh, that's what they based. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what they yeah, based yeah, Doctor yeah. Evil off of. Michael oh, okay. Myers. Funny, you. funny how that works out. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's no, like right? they grabbed a guy that that was overacting like a shakes like Hamlet, and they said, "Hey, go play in this horror movie. Go play this doctor in this horror movie." And he's like, "I got yeah. it." I think that he's he is really good in this. And then the next movie he did with Carpenter, which was Escape from New York, he's fucking terrible in. So it just it worked out for this one. <laughs> also, Dick moved by Loomis with the uh, the nurse panicking in the mud. He just asks her if she's okay, but doesn't give her a hand up. 
No. <laughs> he just runs away. <laughs> I also I also like that like he he was five feet away from this car and this whole sequence where Mike Myers was literally just like writhing around on the top of the car was happening for five minutes. I, I feel like time scales in this movie are just a little bit wrong. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because like he was just like staring at him. He's like, "Oh, there's a guy up on that car," for like five <laughs> minutes. Familiar. He has a gun. He doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Huh? Oh, is that my patient? Is that the one I came to get?" He said, "I don't know. I bet. I better let these two work it out because I don't want to interrupt." <laughs> Can't interrupt the process, Tim. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yep. God. Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, so cut to Halloween. That's for all of our Philly fans. Cut to Halloween morning in Haddonfield, and as the fall leaves are falling down the street, uh, fun fact, they're colored leaves, and uh, they're hit with a fan because this movie is filmed in 20 days in the spring in, like, Southern California. And, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. In, in, like, Southern California, like, the spring. Yep, so, yeah. this, so apparently yeah, the production designer would just sprinkle these leaves on the ground, and then he'd rake them up and use them again. <laughs> what a thankless job. Well, this the, I did see this was made on a $325,000 budget, so Yep. You got to you got to cut corners wherever it. you can. This was like for like two decades. This was the um the highest grossing independent film ever made. Yeah, what was it? It was like $325,000 budget and 70 they made like mil- seven like 70 million. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. It's something like that. Crushed it. Um, anyway, though, so you're introduced to Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Stroud, and she's on her way to school, and also her dad's a real estate agent and is uh, selling the old Myers house, so she needs to go over there and before school and drop off the keys. <laughs> this, yeah, I found this hilarious, because, I mean, if, if, if your dad's a real estate agent selling this house, when she walks up, it's like four windows are boarded up. Uh, there, there's you know there's all kinds of shit wrong with this house so I just imagine him walking a young couple through this house going you know hey please don't mind the heroin needles blood stains forget about those used condoms this this three bedroom two two bath it's got it's in a great school district library just down the road just ignore all that shit we'll clean that up it's a fixer upper you're damn right the current resident right. Mike Preble will be moving out so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a dream home that's my dream home right Purple's there. nibbling on a dog in the corner. I'll be out by the end of the week. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I paid first and last, okay? Give me that. Give me my time. I know my rights. <laughs> can, I, can I have my time? <laughs> have my time, please. <laughs> oh, Purple, you uh, poor bastard. But uh, I also... Am, I am incredibly poor. Um, also, I do wish that uh, this kid that Laurie's with, uh, walking with her, would be the first one to go in this movie because he is just annoying as shit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I wonder yeah. if you guys would indulge me on my – because let me tell you what. I think you probably already, probably know what I'm going to say about this kid, and it's get a fucking job. <laughs> you want to know what? He <laughs> He comes up to her and he's like, he's like, uh, what does he say? He's like, well, let's make jack-o'-lanterns, let's make popcorn, he's like, you know, let's watch movies. He's like, fuck you, you entitled brat. <laughs> fuck you. Also annoying as shit, though. I'm surprised, Tim, that you didn't mention this as far as him just, you know, talking about all these things to do. The only thing I heard this kid say was just, why, why, yeah, why, why? That's why? a that's a very good point. Shut that's what the good fuck actual up. like children do like this kid's like in school do you know what I mean like you gotta be better than this kid right you know what I mean <laughs> yeah Nikki was grading papers in the other room while I was watching this movie and she just put her I could hear her put her like her pen down just go like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> she's a teacher back to her previous <laughs> day <laughs> like, what 
Uh, Laurie does drop off the keys, and Michael is just creepily in there, and then uh, just staring at her. And then he walks out of the house and stares at her a little bit more when she's just walking down the street. Well, again, so one thing I wrote down is like Michael Myers, like you see his, you know, the, the classic shots in this movie where it's not really that much production value. It's just you see him like walk in front of the camera and he kind of walks in front of the camera and you see the side of his face. And I just thought to myself, you know, Mikey's just been in there like cooking up pizza rolls, watching some porn, just hanging out in you know, like the good old days. And this stands there for an impossible amount of time, an impossible amount of time. And then just proceeds to just like meander around this town with reckless abandon. All day. Because, yeah, shortly after this, Laurie's sitting in the most boring English class ever. And Michael's now just staring at her from across the street. And Laurie does a double take and Michael hasn't flinched. He's just still just staring right at her. Uh, But after she answers this teacher's question, Michael pulls a Batman and is just long gone. Or he just ducked (laughs) under the car that he was standing next to. So there's there's so many times in this movie that like you you look up to your point pulls the Batman like there's one where he's behind a bush and then they walk around you know with a friend walks around and he's gone and I just imagine Michael Myers like he, he makes himself known waits for someone to start wa- start walking towards him and then he runs away just running, <laughs> like, <"Woo-hoo!" laughs> like prancing away you know? <laughs> 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 like the fucking piper. I just got the impression that Mike Myers was like prophetic because every time like the camera is about to like pan to him, he's always just out of frame. I'm like, oh, Michael, you're either prophetic or you have like a master's in like cinema from like USC where he just like recognizes the shot. He's like, oh, I got to get out of here. Maybe that's it. Maybe the guy Maybe. is just trying to avoid this movie this whole time. It's like, they keep trying to film me. Right. This is my life. Just sends him into a murderous rage, you know? <laughs> Well, I mean, again, this town, the way that he is creeping around and the locations at which he is creeping around, that would not fly. Like, no one's going to let a masked man no. stand outside a school. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Say that's that. what I'm saying. How many times... Okay, just let's, let's take a poll, guys. How many times do you need to see a masked man staring at you during the day before you think this is a big fucking problem? <laughs> Do you want to know how many times it takes for that to happen to me before I think it's a big fucking problem? Once. Zero. One time. I'm like, Both. that's too much. So I'm going to deal with this, a.k.a. call the police or tell someone. Laura's just like, oh, what's this guy looking at? Uh, well, he's he looks harmless. Yeah, apparently, you know, she's the only one that's seeing it, too. Yeah. I mean, there are, at any point in this movie, there are 50 people within earshot of Laurie Strode and no one can see him. even when the, the one little kid run, physically runs into Michael Myers and looks up and is horrified he's like ah oh, go on I'm gonna I'm gonna meander and stalk this child around the corner yeah Laurie isn't the only one with a window view at this school like right, there's gonna exactly. be somebody else in the math class right over being like uh there's some like really creepy fucking lo- weird looking dude who's just like staring at the the window like uh, someone should, fucking right, report should somebody this call guy? somebody this town has like no people in it it's like no one's driving by in the street or anything like that yeah it's ridiculous I mean that's why I was gonna say this for a little later but I literally wrote in my notes okay Jamie this guy's been falling around all day fucking call the cops ellipses Jesus there's one right there <laughs> <laughs> 
fucking do something. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm trying to think like the 1970s, like, was this like a more forgiving time? I was like, maybe, but not for someone who's like literally <sighs> following you around in a mask who you don't know. Like, Not by 1978 though, because this is right around the time like John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy started popping up. This is a good point. Zodiac the Killer, like they're in the prime of, yeah. And that was like, I think a big reason why this movie was such a huge hit too. This is they still didn't I mean, even have a term had, for serial killer when this movie came out. Say that they had some good ideas, right? Go on, John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear. Yeah, this. John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, if you if you don't feel comfortable with your own sexuality, you might as well just kill thirty six little children and just <laughs> put them in your fucking basement. <laughs> Send them a fucking message. Am I right, Tim? Get a fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> get get. A job. <laughs> you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna be like, you know, at the trial for the get a job killer, and you're gonna be like, we didn't see this at all, Your Honor. <laughs> I, have, I had no idea. <laughs> there was no signs or fl- red flags whatsoever. Get a job killer. Holy shit. Apparently, this sick bastard murders his people and then just sprays killer. get a job in their own blood on the walls. Can you imagine that scene on CNN? The get a job killer strikes again. <laughs> I could think about that. Right. Picture, picture Trump Tim's, would love it. Tim's grim visage, and then they're gonna like bring. They're gonna be like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna bring in the dicks in the back row to uh, tell us about the, <laughs> the, the, the get Going a job." Going back to killer. our legal correspondent, Michael Preble, you've talked to a man very similar to this. Yeah, no, just like that's why I just start pulling my coat over my face. Uh, like, no. I just, just, just stumble in. I just stumble and vomit on the bailiff. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Slim Jim's baseball. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, at this so point, this is not point credible. So we the three toe-headed kids talk about Halloween, the boogeyman, and then wreck a pumpkin. Yes. Yeah. So this little shitty uh, Tommy kid is uh, holding big ass pumpkin while getting bullied. Um, so actually, the, the, these pumpkins are humongous um, because they're actually squash that were painted orange <laughs> because it was spring. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think about in this scene was was Dirty Dancing. I mean. We get some erotic pumping yeah, carrying in many movies that we're, we're watching. You know, he also slowly falls down, and you see uh, Michael also just in his custom slow demeanor, just creepily stalking, stalking this kid in, in the uh, stolen car. Also, A simpler where did this time. Get this pumpkin? Where did this kid get this pumpkin? Did he be carried around all day? <laughs> yes. Like, what's going Maybe on? Maybe they went on He's a field a trip to a pumpkin patch. <laughs> That's how you, you become know, a man. There, there's no telling. I was more concerned by the grown uh, mental patient in a mask just circling this school in a vehicle. Yeah. It was a simpler time, Paco. That, you know, that was back in the day when that, that was totally acceptable. Boy, (laughs) do I miss (laughs) him. Oh, the good old days. (laughs) When we were coming home from losing Vietnam and the Iranian crisis and just a simpler time. Oh, I think that's when we were winning. Remember correctly, we winning. <laughs> yeah, according to uh, someone important nowadays, that's, that was the time of winning. That's, that's where you're winning. Yeah, so. <laughs> makes sense. Um, but side note too, I, I also do like one in the scene when uh, Michael Myers is in the car just stalking this kid. I like that uh, Carpenter just keeps the camera rolling on Myers for like four or five mm-hmm. seconds after he drives past the kid. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why. I just like it. Well, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of scenes like that. There's a scene where, like, they're, like, Jamie Lee Curtis and all of her friends are walking down the street, 
and they like the, the camera stops moving towards them and just lets them walk off for a few seconds. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it, it makes it more real, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely got. I mean, it's that little indie vibe to it too. It's like is it yeah. like a clean, you know, scene to scene kind of movie. Um, definitely, this also kind of fits in with it just being a slow burn. Um, but you cut to Doctor Lo- Loomis at a payphone, warning the police that Myers is coming to their town to get prepared, and they don't really seem to care at all. And as he hangs up, he sees uh, Michael's hospital scrubs all over the place, but he doesn't see the dead tow truck driver in the brush behind him. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Yes. So, can we, at this point, like, it's probably time for people to start fucking believing this guy. I mean, he's been pretty accurate with everything so far. You know, don't let this guy out. I didn't want to let him get out. And then he gets out and runs over. Like, maybe we start taking some, you know, uh, lending some credence to what this guy's yeah. saying. Okay, and, yeah. I, was well, gonna, I was also going to try and save this one for later, but I feel like this is important now. This is like the problem with like incomplete information. So like if Loomis had called and been like, hey, there's a dead guy back, you know, 70 miles that way because a mental patient killed him, we would have a different result. Or if the kids could accurately describe like, hey, there's the boogeyman's outside. Instead, it'd be like, well, what does he look like? Oh, he's wearing a white mask. Then maybe Jamie Lee Curtis would be like, oh, I saw a guy in a white mask. He's been following me around all day. Maybe right. I should do something, right? Like, if people just completed their thoughts, this we wouldn't have problems. Yeah. And I'll go into it here in a little bit, too, as far as, like, the tipping point of just, okay, enough. But um, <laughs> we're not there yet. So after school's over, uh, Laurie's walking back with her friends Linda and Annie, who are just your typical just big, horny dummies. And they're talking about how they never bring their <laughs> school books home. And uh, Michael Myers just oh, slowly drives joke. by them. So yes, Michael Myers slowly drives by them, then slams on the brakes after Annie yells at him. And uh, he does eventually drive off, but he'll be back. I love but but we, we've completely papered over one of the best jokes in this movie. And it's when the chicks are walking around talking. She says, you know, talking about Laurie. Uh, the only reason she babysits is to have somewhere to. And then one of the other girls goes, shit. <laughs> she goes, Oh no! I've got a place to do that. That was. That was oh, I loved it. I loved it. That was great. <laughs> um, also, did just like the scene too with him just slamming on the brakes because Carpenter just like I just said, just mentioned too. Like Carpenter just does a great job of just slowly escalating the scares, and my you know Myers is pretty much just like playing around with his future victims, which kind of doesn't really fit into his his character because he's supposed to be this like sociopathic, completely deranged person who has no sense of like right wrong when to do things when what's appropriate to do what when and he's just like well i can't kill them now this is in the middle of the day uh, that would be inappropriate it's like no if he's this kind of person he would just kill them he would just yeah. be around killing yeah. people right i would agree with that because there's that one point what's it when i like danny the little boy's tormentors runs right into me just grabs him by the shoulders and then lets him go like right if you're truly sociopathic like you need to like start murdering these kids everywhere or like or like I don't know what his MO is like I don't understand like what he you know like why he's trying to kill Jamie Lee Curtis in particular right well if you think about the psychology too it's just that they don't feel anything so I think them putting the scares on these like teenage girls is them actually feeling some kind of rush and they just get off on it right. so that's why he's just like you well, know, he's just kind of baiting his prey Right, so so I, I, you don't find it out in this movie. And Tim, this may make a little bit more sense bringing this up, um, but you find out later in the series that Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister. Dun, 
So Except for the that's new movie. why he's stalking. That's why he's stalking Laurie Strode is because that's his sister. Okay. Oh. So it might make yep. some sense now. That comes out in the second movie. Okay, that yep. would make more sense. They should probably say that in this. Yeah, but uh, apparently <laughs> in, the, in the... So the newest movie that's going to be coming out, it's just a direct sequel from this movie, and they're going to act like none of the other ones ever happen, and he's yeah. not... Uh, they're not related. Hmm. Really? Yeah. That's a interesting choice. Yep. I mean, the, the, yeah, the second one was a pretty classic movie, too, and I mean, yeah, yep. interesting. All right, so after this, though, Annie and Linda are just planning uh, this teenage sex fest at Annie's at the house that uh, Annie's babysitting. And uh, totally, also... <laughs> totally what? Uh, so th- that chick says, uh, "What was it, uh, Linda?" Said, "Did you guys not catch on? Every time she would have a line, and be like, totally, <laughs> totally tubular, fucking totally." All right, Bart Simpson. <laughs> I took I took a I took a count. That one character says totally eleven times and she's on screen for like twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably too many. <laughs> yeah. Way too many. Alright, so uh, after they drop off Linda, Laurie sees Michael again standing uh, in the bushes in front of them, and then after Laurie tells Annie that uh, someone else is there, Annie walks over, but no one is there. You can't catch me! You can't catch me! Again, this is Michael Myers being Gronk with like that sub 40 time. It's like, no, no, I'm not imagining that. I'm imagining him like prancing away. (laughs) Full mask. (laughs) This is the point where I'd love to see. To hear the Law and Order gongs and then Lenny Briscoe just walking in. So you're telling me that uh, he was there and now he's not? Sounds like a load of bull to me. That'd be great. What is that? Uh, is that a pumpkin or a squash? What, what, what are you holding there? Right. <laughs> so, hey, uh, listen, I'll, I've heard a lot of things, but uh, that sounds a little fishy. <laughs> Doesn't add up. Also, so uh, Annie, just shitty friend. Her just going, oh, Laurie, looks like you scared another one off. <laughs> Fuck you, Annie. <laughs> I was going to say, these girls are incredibly mean to like their supposed friend. Bitches. They're just like, I just, yeah, I don't know. Unless they're trying to conform to some stereotype. Like, look at these girls, like, being so mean to each other. But I was like, it's like, Jamie the Curse is, like, bringing, like, a genius. I'm like, motherfucker, leave this girl alone. She likes books. Yeah, she's yeah, going to be her boss someday. That, be nice to her. Yeah. All these chicks that, are just uh, trying to get some dick, guys. Leave them alone. <laughs> Well, if they just came to the back row, they'd see him, you know? (laughs) (laughs) They're all all trying to get 15 15 to 20 seconds of good, vigorous sex. (laughs) The standard amount of time in 1978. Right. Fulfilling the sexual cravings of three to four pumps. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, guys. Me too, you know? (laughs) One might say hashtag me too. Or not, but uh, after this, uh, as Purple had mentioned, uh, you do find out Annie's dad is the police sheriff in this scene, and um, this is also uh, the role that Brad Dorf plays in the uh, Rob Zombie Halloween movies. Good old Chucky. She's being a real bitch so, to her dad. Oh, yeah. Well, they, it's because they roll up on that one girl, like, they roll up on the dad while they're smoking weed, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's classic teenager behavior. All right, so now Michael's all over this neighborhood. Because right as Laurie uh, goes into the house to shut one of her windows in her house, Michael is just standing there in the yard, just chilling with the dry bed sheets. 
It's a real freak in the sheets. Another creepy guy standing behind some laundry. Can hey. we report this guy? All right, then uh, shortly after that, Laurie and Andy go for this four-hour blunt ride. Well, hold on. Did, huh? did, did we notice? Did we notice the absurdly small bed that Laurie Strode apparently has in her room? Did anyone no. else notice that? No. No, my Aspergers okay, cool. weren't kicking in. Sorry. Oh, it's 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 it's, it's, it's like a, a single. If you cut a single in half, and then took about a foot and a half off the end, she's curled up. Uh, never mind. Okay, continue. People were thinner back in the 70s. Let's move on. <laughs> you know what? I mean, that's the answer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. The next note I have after that, which I think will hit a little bit more close to home, ben, is, that, okay. is that when Michael Myers is breathing in his mask, I feel like it sounds a lot like myself and Tim when we approach a dinner buffet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- that's a very accurate statement. <laughs> Just heavy breathing. <laughs> oh, is that the short rip? Heavy breathing and excitement muffled by congestive heart failure, yes. <laughs> and allergies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The thing is, I want to take this mask off, but then just all the smells will just come out of the mask, so I'm just going to keep it on. <laughs> I'm just gonna stuff. Oh. I'm just gonna stuff this chicken finger under the mask. <laughs> well, now, can I get the prime rib and the steak? <laughs> I know it costs extra. That's why I came here. <laughs> oh. oh, they got jello. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the twenty. Uh. That, that would be the true 2018 Halloween, in which you have a mortal morbidly obese Michael Myers who's just trying to run away after he's hiding but he's just like halfway through just clutching his, his chest no no he's on, oh, a, he's on, a, rascal, like he's on a rascal scooter <laughs> yeah. that gets stuck in the mud <laughs> instead of the, uh, the instead of the Jason music of the she's here <laughs> oh god <laughs> All right, so back to uh, Laurie and Annie smoking a bunch of weed uh, for a few hours here. And I never really uh, watched this movie all the way through. I've only ever really seen bits and pieces. So I, I didn't really necessarily remember Laurie was all smoking weed. She should have died. It's illegal, Laurie. Anyway, uh, yeah. you cut the Dr. Loomis and this yeah. Rain Man gravedigger just walking through this graveyard that uh, Judith Myers was buried in. And oh my God, her grave is gone. <laughs> Michael has come home. The evil has come home. Yes. He's like, every line that Dr. Loomis delivers is like plucked out of Shakespeare. He's like, it's like, ah, half evil been brought here. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Evil is gone. The grave digger's just like, yeah, pal, uh, that's going to be 50 bucks. We had a deal. By the way, yeah. See that grave over there? That mur- that lady was uh, horrifically murdered. It was real gross. So. <laughs> I know, but let me tell you about it in some gruesome detail. I mean, this guy should be like, if it's not Michael Myers, this guy needs to be suspect number two. <laughs> yeah. Loomis is just like, uh-huh, yep, sure, all right. And then he gets a phone call like great? two days later and be like, Michael Myers is in Southern California. He's like, fuck, I knew it was a grave guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was in my hands and he slipped through like the wind. <laughs> like a gentle breeze in the fall day. 
<laughs> All right, who are you talking to, Dr. Loomis? Yeah. All right. Uh, so cut back. The girls are still smoking some weed, and uh, you can see that Michael is tailing the girls, but he pulls away as the girls stop to talk to Annie's dad about this break-in at this hardware store. So this is kind of going all back to what we were talking about 20, 30 minutes ago or in our podcast maybe five minutes ago. Um, Because it's a great example of just the sheriff not doing his job because the girls ask what happened. He just says, well, we had a break in his hardware store. Not too much was stolen. Just the the Ted Bundy starter kit of a mask rope and a few knives. Right. I thought about that too. He's like, a couple of ropes and a couple of knives. Well, yeah, it's probably just some teenagers just doing some teenager stuff, right? Yeah. What kind of innocent prank includes ropes and knives? Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. Dennis. Then it's like Dennis Reynolds tools. <laughs> <laughs> I need my tools. My tools. Right. right. <laughs> but the blood is on the sheriff's hands because he has a psychiatrist who's screaming at anybody that will listen to him, saying that this guy who committed this awful, grisly murder in your own fucking neighborhood. 15 years ago broke out last night and conveniently a mask rope and several knives were <laughs> stolen but I'm sure it's just teenagers yeah. later on later the, movie, on the, the movie, one guy trying to prevent all this that has warned this that has warned multiple times multiple about this whole circumstance. circumstance the sheriff, the sheriff looks, looks at him and goes, goes you know hope it's not true but it is damn him for letting him loose what damn I didn't let him loose I just showed up he was already gone I'm just confused about the lack of authority exactly. on this whole thing. It's like, you just had a breakout at a mental institution. That's a big deal. There would be so many, like, government agencies, like, like fucking, like, you know, descending on the, the area to try and round up these people. And everyone's just kind of like, eh, you know, a couple of them got out. What are you going to do? Stop being such a puss. <laughs> this is America. Get a gun. What Come are we going to do? Stop right. fucking living? Right. Yeah. And, and and we'll we'll you, you go gonna, over. You're gonna sit here and try to tell me I shouldn't let my kids fucking trick or treat tonight? Right. Yeah, we had the Boston bombing, and they shut the whole fucking city down. And people like they had the cops like breaking down doors, being like, "It's all right, police. Yeah, it's totally cool. I mean, just sorry, guys. Cancel Halloween. You're not having Halloween this year. We have a fucking right. mass murderer on the loose. Sorry. In reality, he's like the tomorrow. mayor in Jaws, you know what I mean? He's like, we're open for business. <laughs> I don't care that we have this imminent danger right off the coast. We're open for business. It's okay. We make all our money in this Halloween day. All that candy. <laughs> right. Maybe this 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 uh, the sheriff is just like getting a contact high because these girls have been fishbowling this car. And then they just, only time they pull down the window is when they go talk to him. So it's just, <sighs> hey, what's going on, dad? He's like, <clears throat> Nothing, man. Yeah. Also, why did they even stop? Like, why was it necessary for them to stop? They just wanted to find out. It was just like, just drive past him, man. Like, you don't have to talk to your dad every day, right? Like, you just saw him. Yeah, but I mean, there's a siren going off. Yeah. I'm curious. And they're also stoned. But here's the the overarching thing in this scene is like, Michael Myers, this is, this car, they have seen this car, like, umpteenth times now. He has been following them for hours. And they're just like, what a weirdo. Oh, well, I guess, you know, no big deal, right? Just drop me off at this secluded house alone. It's like, you you deserve to die at that point. I'm sorry, Jamie Lee Curtis. You deserve, The fact that you made it through this actually violates evolution. Yeah. I mean, I might be paranoid, but if I'm on, if I'm on the highway and I go off an off-ramp and the car behind me also goes on the off-ramp... If they're still following me after five minutes, I sometimes <laughs> just like turn down a wrong street just just, in case. just to lose him. 
Max stops Oof, breaks that was out a close one. an aluminum bat and is like, listen, you motherfucker, you better stop following me. It's <laughs> my next door neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Max. Oh, shit. I'm sorry, Eli. My bad. <laughs> All their kids are in the car. Right. Oh, stop following me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the sun goes down. The girls are still smoking weed, and Michael is still stalking them in this stolen car, which also does have like a sticker of this loony bin on the like on the door right. of the car too. Oh, God. Doesn't make any point. Like you should have made. It well, would make sense. Now, that, now, hold on, hold on, time out. Taking a step back, the only thing that sticker says is it's the state of Illinois official car for like official use. That's all it says. Official yeah, use. Yeah, maybe isn't this supposed to be some kind of like. Yeah, like some kind of small town. Like, wouldn't you be concerned if like some like some state officials just driving around all day with a, a mask, mask on? <laughs> well, the mask, right. yeah, the mask is very slowly going by children. No one, no one's noticed it this far. So, I mean, if you can assume that no one has noticed a masked man just stalking around the town, then the car is the least of your fucking worries. Well, because there's just yeah. no people in this town. I, there's no people in this town. I presume it's because the movie was so low budget they couldn't have extras. But it's like there's no yeah. people in the town. It's like there's no one on the street. There's no one else driving. It's literally just the sheriff, his kid, this random girl, and a serial killer. <laughs> and, and half of them die. Yeah, right, exactly. Half of them die. <laughs> but, I mean, it would make sense to just put it out like an APB just on this like stolen car. Because he's been driving around all day, he casually just drives by Loomis and in the town center, nobody notices. But eventually, the girls do stop, and Michael also stops and tails Annie to the house that she's babysitting. And like this is one of the like one of the few times that you actually see Michael being stealthy because he's hiding behind this tree. You know, most of the time he's in plain sight, and then he just disappears. But at least in this one instance, you're like, oh, okay, well he's doing a little peek in, peek out. He's trying. He's putting in an effort. <laughs> so then uh, after this, uh, the sheriff and Loomis head to the old Myers house, and they see a dead dog that's been partially eaten. And I uh, like how the sheriff goes, a man wouldn't do this. This isn't a man. But yes, a man would do this, because who else would be able to bring this dog into this boarded up house? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, Michael, he's, he's not a fan of dogs, I think is what we'll say. By the end of this movie, just not a fan of dogs. Just eating them, giving them bear hugs to death. Just not a fan. <laughs> or he's Lenny from Mice and Men, either one. <laughs> I was going to say, did I do good, Joey? <laughs> Second time that's come up. <sighs> All right, well, um, as uh, the sheriff and Loomis are walking around the house, Loomis does tell the story of meeting Michael Myers as a boy, and uh, he says how he's pure evil, and he almost goes into the Jaws line of, he had black eyes, like doll's eyes. <laughs> yes, yeah. like, That's exactly what I thought of. I almost stood up. He's like, <gasps> oh. <laughs> Pleasureism? <laughs> uh, and then uh, he does tell the uh, the cops to you know, keep on high alert, but not notify anybody in the town because it's Halloween and everyone's going to be wearing a mask. So, again. And then he goes, Halloween. leave me here alone. Leave me here alone. Neither of those plans, Max. The the plan you just outlined is fucking asinine. It's like, yeah, we don't... No one one can help. You know, just... We need to let this one just kind of mellow. And then, you know, we don't want to breed panic. Just wait for the screams. Right. Yeah, we don't want to breed panic. We don't want people to be aware of imminent danger. As we all know, Halloween is a natural event like (laughs) the seas and and the moon rising. So we can't do anything. It's like... What are you talking about? Uh, 
So after this, Laurie is babysitting the shitty kid Tommy, and she's on the phone with Andy when Tommy freaks out after seeing Michael Myers across the street staring at him. And I think this is probably one of the best shots of the movie because you get the light projected yeah. against Myers, and when he looks back, the lights are off and he's gone. I mean, it's like legitimately creepy. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, and that, see, that's the thing. I don't know how you guys feel about this movie, but the movie The Strangers. I feel like so much of that was mm, predicated that and born shit. out of this movie, where it's just you see people, like you see the, the villain just standing in the background, just observing creepily. Where, where yeah, no there's nothing creepier than somebody doing nothing. Just Well, yeah, I mean, of, I, I think source. we can agree, like, the feeling of being watched, you know, the feeling of someone yeah. watching you and you can't see them. Like in that movie, that this movie had happened so many times. Now, granted, most of these people are very oblivious and have no fucking clue what's going on. But th- this is like what bore all that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, the kids in this movie ate way too many uh, paint chips as as children, but including Annie because uh, she spills something on her shirt, and then she just takes all of her clothes off in the kitchen, which. Is either a Hey-o. yeah bad babysitter or a really good babysitter, just depending on who you ask. <laughs> Tim, what are your thoughts on that? Tell you what, I would have killed for a babysitter like that when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> I'd be spilling stuff on her left and right. Right. I'd be creepily standing in the background staring at her, you know, left and right. I'll tell you what. You're your juice, Tim. Thank you. And it just, just immediately just like spikes it right on her chest. <laughs> right. Go well, ahead. Looks like you're looks like you're gonna have to take those clothes off. Take it off. <laughs> Mrs. Begin, I'm sorry, I can't watch your kid anymore. Oh no, you're the fifteenth babysitter we've been through this week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh <laughs> But Annie's Annie is just such a dummy because this family dog is snarling and freaking out like someone is outside and she's just like, Ah, Lindsay, your dog's barking again. <laughs> oh wait, no, I can hear it dying. Never mind. <laughs> and I also do yep. love uh, that Laurie's watching The Thing which uh, John Carpenter would remake a yes. few years later that's that was so really cool. cool yes I, I took notes so yeah it was four years later he remade The Thing yeah that's one awesome. of the, I, that I, is I one of my favorite movies of all that. time oh it's all I know you're a big Kurt Russell fan so I, I love Kurt Russell yeah but that, I, that, <laughs> I love that movie um but after this Annie is at the outdoor laundry room and Michael Myers is just creeping around for a minute Locks her in momentarily just to fuck around with her. And then she finds a way to get stuck in the door with her feet lifted off the ground and her ass is hanging out. To, uh, Face which, down, ass up. <laughs> to which uh, this little girl, Annie, uh, the little girl that Annie's watching pretty much just goes, nice. <laughs> I also love it that the woman the, the, that's trapped as her, her, her foot caught thought she could like reach the little girl from the shed when she like wouldn't respond to her when she was just in the next room because she's watching TV. I was like, <laughs> yes. why? Why do you think yes. this is going to work now? <laughs> yeah, she is just sucked into the thing. Um, but Annie's just being the hornball that she is, gets a call from a boyfriend to pick up uh, to pick him up because his parents have left and it's their chance to go to the bone zone. So Annie drops Ooh, this TV zombie wait. girl off at Laurie's house. And fun fact, too, so the boyfriend on the phone is John Carpenter. <laughs> really? Yeah. He has a very distinctive voice, so like I Googled it afterwards just to make sure, and it was him. Wow. Oh, that's All pretty right. interesting. There you go. Yeah, I, I was, was going to say, I was like, I wonder why this guy didn't make an appearance in the movie. It's like, oh, because he's the director. Okay. <laughs> we can't afford another $100 to do <laughs> I know this movie. we can. 
Um, but also, as they cross the street, Michael is just in the catcher position behind the shadows. And uh, Annie is just singing to herself, gets in the car, but it's locked. So she gets the keys from the inside of the house, goes back to the car, not noticing that it's now unlocked. And right as she does notice all the fog from inside the car, Michael sneaks out of the Dead. back seat, strangles, and then slits Annie's Dead. throat. To which uh, the actress really sells it, too, by just crossing her eyes and slowly just gliding her face <laughs> down the car window. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and hawking the horn, which no one else in this fucking town hears. Yeah. Nope. Well, there is no one else in the town, apparently. <laughs> Again, he can yeah, only hire five extras, so this whole town right. is just desolate. Yeah. I think, to be honest, Paco, that was the main, my main thing about this movie is like, you know, there's just literally no one around who, literally no one around at all or who apparently cares about any of this that's yeah, going on. Again, going back, putting this into realistic terms, $325,000 budget. Who the fuck are you paying to do that? No, no, no. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, trying to shit on the movie. I'm ask. I'm concurring with you. That yeah, apparently it's, it's, no it's, one in this town. Yeah. I, I would think it's like you know, a ghost I, town. No pun intended. Boo. Uh, Puncast. Oh god, double puncast. So uh, cut the shit ass Tommy, and he's about to scare this other little girl. Uh, but he then does see Michael from across the street carrying Annie's dead body into the front door, which Ooh. shows how much Michael either doesn't care or just his like lizard brain. His uh, lizard brain just has like no idea that carrying a dead teenage girl through the front yard isn't the smartest yeah. idea. I I just don't think he gives a shit because I mean that like literally the no. first forty five minutes of this movie is him just mindlessly meandering around this oblivious town in full serial killer garb. With reckless abandon, so yeah, I don't think driving by things that he just broke into, and yeah, he just doesn't give a shit. Well, like again, no one's gonna be stalking a, an elementary school in a full mask and coveralls, <laughs> and just like walking around grabbing the fence as he walks. It's Do you want to know what happen. I think this is? You want to know what I think this is? This is just Midwestern, like nice niceness run amok. You know what I mean? They're all just probably looking at this guy, being like, hmm. Carol, that seems like a strange man. Well, leave him alone, Jeffrey. He seemed, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Whereas, like, anywhere else, like, in the Northeast, they would be like, hmm, that guy's a fucking weirdo. We'll call the cops on him. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, they're just, or even more, like, they're just supporting him. Being like, oh, you're very festive this Halloween. Good for you. Right, right exactly. Ow, what was that, a knife? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ow! what a silly prop. <laughs> Ow, what's that? <laughs> well... Uh, cut back, and Dr. Loomis is just scaring these little kids right in the bushes of the Myers house. Just creepily stalking children through a bush. <laughs> Barbara, get your ass away from there. And then just the creepiest fucking, like, <laughs> self-respondent, like, pl- self-pleasing smile. <laughs> I'm a doctor. One man can have just like, oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> Even the doctors need to have fun sometimes. <laughs> it was gross. It was. It was. It, I. I would venture to say it even made Tim begin shudder. It did. It sent a shiver up my spine. I would say. It's one of the most memorable lines, though. It's just the way uh, Don Pleasance just says "ass," just ass, ass, ass. ass. Give me that ass, boy. Ass. 
Yeah, he got really into it to the fact that he like almost scared like himself shitless because he bumps into this uh, this sheriff who's just like, "We're not finding anything. Can I go trick or treating now?" <laughs> <laughs> and then he he says like he says like one big word and he's like, "Listen." You little fancy pants talk, you little egghead. We've had enough of this talk. Your fancy talk. And it's just like... I've had enough of your, your words I need to look up in the, in the thesaurus. I'm sick of it. Just tell me what you need me to do and I'll do it. He's like, I've been telling you for I've been telling you for like a day and a half now. I need you to find this guy and stop him. Now, now, now. Tell me something else. Yeah. <laughs> tell me something else. We've been over that. Like, oh, okay. right. Tell me that he's left, okay? Right. But also, this, this he uh, Don Pleasance is really good in the scene, and he is just like outacting everybody. Like you can really just tell the difference between like an actual professional actor and someone that, that they just like hired for like fifteen bucks. Well, and that's that's what I heard is that like Donald Pleasance was a big chunk of the you know of the the money they were spending. He was twenty grand of the three hundred budget. Yeah, I mean, that's a, uh, you consider you know production everything like that. That's 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 a lot. pretty big chunk. Yep. Uh, but then you cut to Linda and her boyfriend Bob as a speaking of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer that we were talking about off air here totally <laughs> as they uh, pull up to the house and now uh, which uh, now has a dead Annie in it and they plan on fucking upstairs right away uh, but make a pit stop in the living room to make out not noticing that Michael Myers is watching them <laughs> um, also Ooh. though Bob doesn't shut his passenger door so even if he made it out of this car alive his car battery would be dead <laughs> Arguably a better ending to yeah. the movie. It's like, yeah, that one's really. Him, yeah, him, him running out of the house and trying to start his car. Right. <laughs> ah, shit! Oh, like, just November 1st, and someone. he's just like waking up, stretching, and he goes to start his car, and he's just like, no! No! Trying to wave, trying to wave down someone that has non existent right. town to give him a jump. Right. <laughs> I should have bought it Everlast! Arr! God damn it! <laughs> I had time! I had time now! <laughs> All right, so Linda and Bob are just banging away in bed, and they don't notice no, the shadow not. of Bob. No, they're not. They're, they, again, to Tim's point earlier, this is a 30-second sex session, and she rolls off him, and she goes, fantastic. <laughs> Tubular. fucking middle, middle, middle school or high school girl. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, they oh. also don't uh, notice Michael Myers or the ominous music in the background either. No. Nope. But then Why you have... What Scream will uh, mention later on, you know, 20 years later, you have the I'll be back as uh, Bob goes to grab a few beers, but the only thing that he's going to grab is a knife. <laughs> Michael Myers staples him to the door. Can I, can I say that I'm, I was convinced that Bob was the real serial killer in this because he is literally being strangled by a guy with a knife. And he's just, just quiet. He's just Silent. staring. He's like got staring at it with a fish eyes, like zero fucking emotion. And then he just gets stabbed, and he's like, nothing, just nothing. He's the real serial killer in this movie. He's the one who was actually out killing people. Yeah, I think not Mike Myers. This Mike Myers cat is totally innocent, and let me prove right. it to you. I rest my case. You didn't say anything. Exactly. I said good day, Your Honor. Good day. Good day. <laughs> Yeah, but also unlike Chucky, Michael is extremely strong as he just lifts his dude off the ground, stabs him so hard that his entire body just stares, uh, stays airborne. Again, and this is where I would think that Preble would have questioned this. Like, why is he strong? 
was I mean, like, I gave up like, on that. I mean, the whole thing, well, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know I'm not going to spoil, but like getting stabbed in the eye, getting stabbed in the neck, getting you know, I mean, like he got shot, shot. five times or whatever. Like this guy is there's something more, right? Like there has to be something like supernatural. I actually gave in to like just being like this guy because I already having seen this movie, I already knew he was like something of like a freakish like I don't know boogeyman yeah I just you know it was like he's he's undestructible like that's the whole point so I was like that's like the whole that's the whole vein in the movie right it's like because every other character except for the doctor is personifying him they're making him into a person and the doctor keeps correcting them going no he's like the personification of evil yeah Yeah, this is sort of like right it's sort of like it's almost like a movie that's just like he's you know trying to convince people that there is like this evil presence that can't be killed right and there yeah. was actually there's yeah. interesting real. when they were actually in the classroom when, when whatever lawyer was in class they actually were talking yeah. about fate and how it's like inexorable yep. it's just coming and I'm like yeah it's, that's Mike Myers like it's never ending they're talking about how like it's either comes from God or it comes from nature and the teacher's like right it's nature it's this natural never ending like always coming thing so I was like oh okay that's good yeah, I noticed that part too, but that's just too smart for me, so I just left that for you, Preble. <laughs> right. And Preble, also, Preble, just welcome back. Thank you for bringing the smarts to the podcast <laughs> while the rest of us are making uh, lewd dick jokes. <laughs> Pointing I guess you hear my fart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bob has funny glasses. <laughs> Did you notice they were drinking bad beer? I'll see you guys later. I don't know who What's that was. Beer equals underage sex. <laughs> Also, though, I do uh, like the shot of Michael Myers after he does stab Bob, and it's like he oh, like, kind of yes. cocks his head to the side, like <laughs> that's the classic Michael Myers thing. Like, it's like yeah, even I impressed myself. Serious. Yeah. I was gonna like, say that's the, it. the shot on that lasted like exceptionally long, and I was like, holy shit! Like they well, no, really are making it's a point. Yeah, it's because it's almost like, and that's what I love about this is, is that they established, of course, very early on, he's a mental patient, and you see him commit this heinous crime. And he, he cocks his head to the left and the right like he's processing it. You know, like, like that's yeah. that's him viewing it from all angles. And he does that throughout the rest of the series. I thought that was such a cool little, like, aside totally. in this yeah. series. Yeah, I feel like Carpenter's just, like, showing the audience either, like, how primitive he is or, you know, this is, like, something that an animal would do. Right. Like that kind of expression, like a dog does that when they're confused. Exactly. Like, I had a dog that did that all the time. He would cut right and left. Same. It's really point. cool. So um, the guy um, Nick Castle, who played the primarily uh, played Michael Myers, he said that that was really the only direct like direction that anybody got in the movie because most of the time he's just, like there. You know, later on they're asking him, it's like you know what was uh, your motivation for the scene when you're walking like that?" And he's like, uh, "He just told me to walk across the street, so I just walked across the street." <laughs> <laughs> but he said like this one scene, it was like the only scene in which Carpenter's like twist your head to the side. It's like, oh, okay. They're like, how'd you feel? Like, what's going through your head? It's like, I just twisted my head to the side. John told me to do it. And then he got offset and he's like, I am an actor. I am an actor. You are my muse. <laughs> my flame. My flame. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just so many good South Park references South going Park. on in this whole thing. I have to, I have to say something. Uh. Also, um, I guess during the, the the garage scene, you can't really notice it, but there's like kind of smoke coming out. It's because uh, John Carpenter was just chain smoking throughout this entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. All right, fair enough. 
Um, so then after this, uh, you do get this one of the more iconic shots of Myers yes. under, under the uh, the bed sheets with Bob's glasses on, uh, with outside of the sheets, and he's just standing there like a weirdo. And uh, after having this this one sided conversation with Michael, he then decides to uh, strangle Lindsay with the telephone cord as she's about to call Laurie. Linda, Linda, Linda. Yeah. Yeah, not Lindsay. I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Lindsay's a little girl. And, and he strangles her. As she's calling Laurie Strode, and it sounds like she is at the brink of a climax. Tim, I know yep. you enjoyed this scene. Oh yeah, I'll tell you what, I was—it brought me to the brink of a climax. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's all I can think about. Is t- if there's one part of this, I know going into this, Tim didn't like horror movies, but if there's one thing he's going to enjoy. It's hearing a woman getting choked out on the phone. Well, I'm, while... I'm, I'm glad all you can think about is me close to a climax. <laughs> I just think of Paco, like, late at night watching this, like, just a Tim handful of this. lube in the corner, and just like Tim, a picture of Tim the other hand. Just getting well, Prebs what, Prebs, Prebs, what did you think about that? Her getting choked? I mean, to be fair, I was just like... like you know, no, I mean, like... Listening, uh, if you would have been on the other end of that line, what would your reaction be? Oh, no, I 100% thought that it was like, because that's what, you know, whatever, uh, like, Laura, or Lori, Lori, sorry, is like, she's like, haha, very funny, you guys are like, faux sexing me over the phone, and I was like, yeah, that's what it is, all right. Well, no, no, let's, let's put this into terms that we can all understand here, if I were to call you, oh, that's a different story, all you could hear with me was me going, uh, 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 I would assume you were what scarfing you down some pizza that had absolutely no trace of any sort of vegetable on it. <laughs> That's what I would think. Just like pure meat pizza, I think would be what that is. <laughs> are you are you dying a climax? Like a little bit of both. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you pack will just be like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm dimaxing. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, don't judge me. I'm a dimaxer. <laughs> this is the only way I can feel. <laughs> More Papa John's. Make me feel alive again. Extra cheese pizza. <laughs> I'm glad you guys can laugh about what I do to every one of you on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cut back to Loomis. He's still standing outside, and now is the first time that he notices that the stolen uh, medical car is uh, across the street from him. So he starts running down the street to look for Michael. And uh, Laurie's also getting worried about her friends. And uh, she sees the lights going on and off inside the house. So once the kids are in bed, she decides to go over to the house and check on everybody. Um, also, a little weird, just having the boy and the girl in the same bed. You're a babysitter. Oh. Do better. Hey, they got they got to learn sometime. <laughs> Valid point. Might as well be now. I'm sure sex ed wasn't part of the curriculum back then. I'm sure it was I went to a Christian school, so... Sex ed. That explains talk a about lot. that. <laughs> they let you figure right. that out on your lonesome. That's right. Just don't include condoms. Am I right, <laughs> Catholic Tim? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Condoms are for the devil. <laughs> okay. Well, Laurie, uh... <laughs> 
Laura goes back over to the uh, Laura goes over to the house, uh, and the door is uh, half open in the backyard, which seems like an invitation to come into this horror house that Michael set up for her. So this is also great too, though, because this movie is. Uh, oh boy! Fucking get to the end of it. Oh god! Kill yourself. Oh shit! All right. Sorry. Well, I, what I was gonna say is that like. Th- I do think that this is like this is like when it all kind of just like pops off because the first like yeah. you know there's seven, there's been like 75 minutes of just suspense and build up mm-hmm. and once Jamie Lee Curtis walks into this house you know that you're getting the grand finale. Yeah. So Laurie walks up the stairs, she sees the bedrooms glowing from uh, this, uh, the light of the jack-o'-lantern and as she opens the door, she sees Annie's dead body with the Judy classic, Myers tombstone above the bed. Classic fucking horror shot. Bam bang. time scary movie moment. Yeah, followed by a house full of corpses. Yep. So then she sees Bob hanging like a bat from inside the closet, and then Linda's cross-eyed dead body in the dresser. That one, I I You're laughed right. at that one actually. <laughs> See, I, 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 was, I think it was scene. honestly, honestly though, I thought was that I don't think it was a dresser. I think it was like a dumb waiter. Sure. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. You're a dumb. Well, waiter. no. <laughs> I may be wrong. I don't know. But Laundry. They were laid out very elevator. well, though. I will say, Michael has the eye of an artist in laying out corpses. Yes. <laughs> this is my masterpiece. So, Laurie's uh, backing out of the room, and then you see uh, Michael Myers' mask is slowly illuminating Ooh. from the shadows as he takes a slash out of her shoulder and clothes, and then she falls over the banister down the stairs, and then uh, this turns into a little bit of a cat-and-mouse game with Laurie just running all over the place inside the house. And uh, she eventually does get out of the house screaming like someone's killed all of her friends and is trying to kill her. So, real shitty, too, because she goes over next door to knock on these neighbors' uh, yes! door. And yes. they turn the fucking lights on. They look out, like, out of the blinds at this, like, all-American girl next door. And they're just like, eh, meh. Yeah. It's okay. And they just turn the, the most on. apathetic Go neighbors. On, like, oh, it's <laughs> that doing? drunk... It's that drunk bitch from next door again. Well, that's why I don't oh, get. It's I, that Val Victorian. It's just screaming. really interesting. Like both Chucky and this movie, like just have like people that are just degenerates. It's like fucking <laughs> help a child on the train, or this woman is screaming in pure terror. It's like, what well, do you think? Before that, before that, can we talk about that? Michael Myers has been a stone cold killer this entire movie, and he's got Lauren lined up. I mean, lined up. She has no idea it's coming. And he just misses her fucking entire body. I yeah. mean, Go he's got a little trigger for happy there. Five seconds, you see his face, and he's just like salivating. And it's like he just blows a load in his pants. It's like, oh, and misses. Oh, meaty pizza. Not to, not to make a reference that none of our listeners are going to give a shit about, but it was almost like Craig Kimbrell last night. He's been waiting for this moment for his entire life, and once he gets it, he just he's, he's just snapping sliders off into the dirt. The only thing I wanted to say was I just thought, like I even though the suspense is building, like her walking over from that house to the house where Michael is, I think is like amazingly good. It was like a 45 yeah. seconds of her like literally just walking with her hands in her pockets like walking up here. And I will say yeah. to your point Max like this movie's like an hour and a half but like literally only the last 15 minutes is there like the action portion. It's literally just like suspension has been like slowly ratcheting up and I will say that's like definitely like the best part of the movie is just how it like continually gets worse and worse and worse. It's like it's this is just the grand finale it's the fireworks at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, 
So Laurie runs back over to the house that she's sitting for, and Michael Myers is also just slowly walking towards Laurie, <laughs> and Tommy is slowly walking down the stairs to let her in. Oh, fuck that kid. <laughs> fuck that kid. She's, like, throwing, like, pottery and shit. please! Jesus Christ, Tommy! God damn it! I'm gonna throw this fucking plant! This fucking plant at you! Please, please, please! Good arm, too, by uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis. All right, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> Honestly, she's an idiot for going right next door. You run down the street until yeah. you're far away. That's this guy's like not getting, running. Yeah, that's like getting mauled by a bear and then like hiding behind the bush right next to the bear and being like, "Okay, I'm safe here, guys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I, now, I would totally. Tim, just... I think it was the maternal. I think it was the maternal nature. She was trying to protect the children. Fuck those kids. <laughs> Get a fucking <laughs> job. Yeah, when that kid gets a job, I'll protect him. You know what? It's not worth the $6.50 for the night. If they were in a fucking sweatshop, this wouldn't happen. You want to know what my my question would be in that moment? What would Ann Rand do? And she'd leave those kids to die. (laughs) (laughs) But I think this is also just like, this is also like a commentary though, I think for uh, Carpenter. Like, you know, your home is like your sanctuary. Like you're safe there. And Myers doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, she tries to run across the street to get back into the house because that's just what she assumes to be home and safe. And then as she runs back across the street to the house, you know, Myers is just peeking through the window, just sneaking right in. Like, he doesn't care about any kind of uh, social norms of knocking on the door or anything like that, which makes it the most scary thing in this whole movie. Is like, there could be some fucking psycho. Just because you have a door doesn't mean that the person's not going to come in. Yeah. All right, why don't why don't you and Preble go do like an intellectual podcast? Probably, probably gonna be over <laughs> hey, how many you eggheads, jokes, guys? I, forgot, I, didn't, I didn't know we were gonna be yeah. doing this on the podcast. Tim and I, Tim and I, while y'all are gone, Tim and I are gonna be sitting over here making fart and dick jokes that your wife Nikki is gonna hate, Max. Yeah. Blowing <laughs> bubbles, picking each other's noses, and you guys, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we're gonna we're and eating tubed meat. Okay. So, Laurie does uh, try to call the cops, and uh, the phone lines are cut, and Michael sneaks in through the window, makes a dive at her, but Laurie stabs him in the neck with a pumpkin carving knife, to which Michael no, no, picks no, a knife no, out no, and is no. like... It's not a pumpkin carving knife. It's a fucking... It, it, is it a needle what and I thread? Wrote down, what, I wrote, what I wrote down... Isn't it a needle? It's a needle. Right? So, hold on. It's hold like on. sewing I, needles. I had something Crochet needle. Here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sewing needle, but hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here, just get uh, Paco. Oh, yeah. goddamn second. I really another, appreciate another, you uh, uh, interrupting uh, 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 me for right. this uh, very pause, quick. Pause, re- pause, re- pause. Give, give me a moment of silence and I'll, I'll make this make sense. Oh, my God. Another horrible stabbing effort at Laurie leads to Mikey just getting fucking crocheted in the temple. Cla- and it leads to a classic, well, Laurie, guess what? He's not fucking dead yet moment. Spoiler, she- bro. Really, oh. really knocked that one man out of the park there. Derek. I'm glad that we waited for that. Great job. Back to the intellectual <laughs> podcast. We're going to evaluate how this knife really personifies Max, the 1970s. Preble. Max. 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 Fuck you. Fuck you. I do like that. Uh, my, um, Michael takes out the uh, carving knife, needle, and thread sewing machine thumb symbol whatever the fuck you want to call it he just plucks it out he's like what the fuck was that and then he just falls backwards yeah 
<laughs> like, oh, I've been stabbed. <laughs> well, and is that what it this feels guy must like? Must be a great fucking actor because he he falls to his death three times in this movie. Yep. At but a uh, no bad move by Laurie just to not take the knife because as Laurie's oh. telling the kids everything's okay, Michael slowly walks up the stairs with said knife Ooh. and uh, this chase starts all over again. I don't want to be a spoiler here, but we're getting one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, because um, you get the, another iconic shot of uh, Michael in the shadows over this closet that Laurie's hiding in. Uh, and she's in the back of the closet and he's just slashing away at the door, which is... Awesome. I mean, that is creepy as shit still. Yeah. Um, and then as he goes to turn the closet light on, uh, Laurie takes a closing hook, uh, stretches oh. it all out. Okay, go yes. ahead. Oh, I mean, again, going back to just some clothes hangers. I mean, we've mentioned no. clothes hangers. <laughs> no. Multiple times on this podcast. <laughs> Stop. And, 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 and I don't want to be the one to say it, but Laurie. You are the abortion. Lori knew what she was doing with that clothes hanger. Ugh. God damn it. <laughs> An emphatic boo. Emphatic. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Tim has the dark humor that I have, but he also at the same time understands societal norms. <sighs> that's what makes really me so effective. Do... As, that's what makes me so effective at being the uh, the get a job killer. <laughs> 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 Seems like these killers might be a partnership. How many times did you hear him utter the phrase? Oh, shit. <laughs> Get, a job on your Get a fucking job. <laughs> Apparently the the uh, the the weapon of choice has been a clothes hook. <laughs> numerous times. We either got a copycat killer or they got a partner on the case. Lenny <laughs> Bresco's on killer. the case. <laughs> boom boom. Also, Derek, I really do appreciate you just interrupting mid uh, pivotal scene to just talk about abortions for like the fifth time out of ten podcasts that we've done. Jesus Christ! So thank you for that. There were there were a lot. Movie's over. All right, right review, guys. I feel like they were sending a message. You know, they've already said don't have. Don't have high school sex. Jesus Christ! And then now they're just finishing fucking movie and just slain. No. In a closet with Mute just button. a bunch of empty clo- coat hangers. I mean, we need. Oh, God damn it! My name's Max. We need to make this into around the horn so I can just start muting you, <laughs> just giving you negative points. <laughs> Old Max Kellerman style. Yeah, that's the last time I watched that show. I've been doing on for like twenty years now. <laughs> All right. Well, Laura's still in the uh, in the closet contemplating her last abortion that she had, apparently. Yep. And uh, she stabs Michael in the eye with this clothes hook, clothes hanger. Uh, making him drop the knife, to which Laurie then picks up and stabs Michael. And now Michael is definitely dead on the bedroom floor, right, guys? Oh, sure. sure. Right? 100%. I mean, she's only turned his back, her back to this serial murderer four times at this point, and, and none of them have come back to, back to honor. Well, guess what? You guys are all wrong, because he's still oh, alive. Oh, shit! Are you kidding me, <laughs> Yeah! Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, shit! Again, Fuck stupid move by Laurie to throw the knife on the ground again. Yes. Uh, I mean, three strikes and you're out, Laurie. Come on. You know, we got to figure this shit out here. This yeah, bitches be tripping. So this is the second time she goes to the kids saying, it's okay, just get out of the house. So uh, they run out as Michael slowly rises from the floor. And um, at the same time, Loomis does see the kids screaming out of the house. So he runs into the house, runs upstairs, 
right as Laurie uh, rips off the, uh, the mask of Michael. And in the time that it takes for Michael to put the mask back on, Loomis just unloads his gun into Myers. Yeah, well, I mean... At well point, put. <laughs> at this point, you, you must assume this man is bulletproof, right? Bulletproof. Yep. Yes. Um, good, good, good discussion, guys. Good talk, Derek. Appreciate it. <laughs> Go Red Sox. No, but he, he, does, take, he does take a, like six, you know. It takes like six, six to shots the chest. Out of a thirty-eight revolver. Exactly. To the oh, chest. Yeah. And then falls off like a. Well, I would say fall off, f- fell off. But no one would fall off in the way that he did because it looked like he was rappelling off that wall when he fell from the. I mean, the, the, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but if you take like six slugs to the chest, he might fall awkwardly off this balcony. I think he and whatever Catherine Hicks's friend from Chucky both took the same acting lessons of. We're talking about Catherine Heigl? <laughs> I don't know her yeah, don't and know. her friend who backflipped out of that window after. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, was that was right. a reference. I'm, I was. That's sure. that's actually a great reference. Yeah, yeah. Pretty similar. It was just like way over the top. Yes, absolutely. And very staged. <laughs> Maybe that was a point because Loomis walks over to find the body and Michael's already gone. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh, Cue the Halloween shit. music, and Michael or Derek and Tim at a buffet, heavily breathing under the mask <laughs> as the movie ends. I'll, I'll say I did like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, where, where it's it's him breathing and you don't know where he is. They show all the shots of every all the horror that he just committed. There you go. You could talk over this. Honestly, oh, they got the Oreo I'm, Oreo pudding. I think the best <laughs> horror movie theme in history. Uh, this. Yep. I think this is it. It's a pretty good. One. I I just see John Carpenter in like a bare bulb style like apartment with this key like just a bag of coke and like a little <laughs> Six tiny cigarettes and, lit. And like a little tiny kid's keyboard going do 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 do. No man, I'm fucking feeling it. <laughs> but again, it's so simple but so fucking effective. Like, you hear this, you know what it is. And they've even got... Listen. You can even hear the breathing on this one. Ooh. Oh, Tim, it's me and you at a buffet. Oh, they got prime crimes. rib. They got prime rib. They got they got sirloin. And they got Ooh. fried chicken. Let's you go got, to work. You got potato wedges in there, too? <laughs> <laughs> can you make me a potato wedge? A potato wedge. <laughs> a potato wedge and garlic bread sandwich, please. Can you? Could, I like I, I like my baked I potato like extra with butter. extra butter and cheese. Could you put extra butter and cheese on the extra butter and cheese? <laughs> Just finger inside your belly button, scratching it. Right. <sighs> I do that every night as I go to sleep. The sixty-four ounce Pepsi. <laughs> so few casting what ifs. Uh, so the role of Dr. Loomis was initially offered to Peter Cushing. Uh, oh, that would be good. That would honestly been great. Yeah. Yeah, both of these would have been really good. Uh, but he was just coming off the role of uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Preble, is that how you say it? Yep, that's him. From Star Grand Wars. Grand Moff Tarkin? Grand Moff. Yep. Yeah, he's pretty much uh, the supervisor over Vader in the first movie. And then they CGI him in the last one. Um, but also, uh, it was offered to Christopher Lee. Uh, but he and Cushing both turned it down due to the, just the salary being too low. Due to, uh, due to Christopher Lee riding too many horses. 
No, that's Christopher Reeves. That's it. <laughs> Superman. I'm pretty sure Christopher Lee was Superman at this exact time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> so uh, Donald Pleasance did accept the role. He was offered twenty grand, and uh, the main reason why he took it is because his daughter was a big fan of Carpenter's music from Assault on Pre- uh, Precinct One Thirteen. Well, I'll say this whole series, because again, my favorite horror movie series, it would not have been the same without Donald Pleasance. Like, no, yeah, he's in all of them, pretty much. Yeah, no, he's he's in all of them until literally he died. Yep. I mean, he the, yeah, the last role. one he was in, he died during the middle of it. With Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd? What? That's hilarious. I didn't know that. It was his, it was his uh, debut. Yep. But <laughs> but honestly, like Donald Pleasance became a staple. Uh, the, the Halloween series, because again, this first one, he overacts a lot of things. He's not really in it a lot either. About him. What else? He's not in it. He's not in it a lot either. Like no. he's... He's obviously you know a lot more as you go on because it's a franchise, but I mean he well, probably had about in, twenty minutes total. Yeah, in this movie he's essentially a security guard, but after that he becomes a, a very important ancillary character. Yeah, and any Halloween fan will tell you that they love Donald Pleasance. Yeah, and I'll be the nerd to tell you that I have a, I have an autographed photo, by the actor that played Michael Myers in the second Halloween. <laughs> wow. that's, that's a true story. That makes a lot of sense, it's, actually. It's framed and everything. <laughs> framed. That used to be Derek's uh, main pickup line to girls back at UT. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, girl, you like Halloween? You like Halloween, Okay, you too? like Halloween? How do you feel about Halloween, too? <laughs> now you know the guy. Yeah, there was a second <laughs> Which, I know, it doesn't get a lot of, a lot of good rep. Halloween, too, is a fucking great movie. Yep. Okay. Um... Also, Dennis Quaid was considered for the role of Bob, but he already had some prior commitments. Good for him. <laughs> yep. I would have loved to see Dennis Quaid get fucking stapled to a wall. With his pearly blue eyes just widened oh, as Michael Myers God. just pins him against the fucking cupboard. Just sympathetic <laughs> on everything he does. Just like, everyone's like, oh, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Getting stabbed. That's <laughs> I would love to have seen that. Uh, all right. So as far as trivia goes, so um, there's currently a podcast on the Ringer Network called Halloween Unmasked, and it's an eight-part series uh, that takes a, like a very deep dive into the making and like the legacy of this entire movie. So I suggest if any people really like the Halloween movies, definitely give that a listen uh, because it is packed with trivia. Um, but I'll just do a couple. Is that everyone says the Michael Myers mask is a Captain Kirk knockoff, but it's like partially true. So, the mask is from a William Shatter movie called Devil's Reign, in which he goes through some sort of, like, satanic ritual, and all this, like, shitty effects mm-hmm. happen, and his eyes go inside of his head. So, uh, they had to make this crappy mask, which is the My- the Myers mask. Um, so, I just sent you guys a text, and I'll, uh, yeah. I'll throw it on the Instagram as well. Um, but what Tommy Lee Wallace, uh, who was the art director and uh, the editor of the Halloween um, first Halloween movie, and he's also uh, the director of the third movie, by the way, which we'll be doing next week. Um, yes. He also played Michael Myers in a few of uh, the scenes in this movie, too. Uh, but he was told to find a mask. There wasn't even a mask in the script. They just kind of did it like off the whim. And uh, he went to this like, party store, saw a couple of shitty masks, like a, you know, hot, like a, um, 
like clown masks and stuff like that. And then he saw one next to Spock that was like this really shitty, weird looking William Shatner mask. So he uh, removed the sideburns uh, and then just painted it, spray painted it white. Yikes. By the way, Tim, if you thought you hated this movie, wait till we get to Halloween 3. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. No, I don't. I don't hate the movie. It like I think it's a good movie. I could definitely see how people enjoy it. I just don't like horror movies. Well, then you'll enjoy Halloween 3 because it's basically a fucking comedy. <laughs> it's a head scratcher for sure. Oh, well, You're going to hate yeah, it. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, uh, also, so Michael Myers, he's named after this British film distributor that uh, helped promote the movie Carpenter did prior, which was Assault on Precinct 13. I think I said 113 beforehand. Yeah. Um, and he said he was like the sweetest guy he ever met. And he was kind of taken aback when he found out that the serial killer was named after him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, shit. I guess so. And uh, that's the last little fun fact. Um, so John Carpenter, he grew up in Bowling Green, Kentucky uh, during the Jim Crow era. And he said that uh, his experiences of just evil in plain sight in the suburbs were just a big inspiration for this movie. Um, and also, if, if you notice at the end of the movie, uh, the music was conducted by the Bowling Green uh, Philharmonic, uh, which is actually just Carpenter and a few of his buddies just doing the music. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So going to some of the, quest- uh, some of the questions, who is your favorite and least favorite character in this movie? I'll, I'll tear through mine really quickly. Favorite, easily Dr. Loomis. Easily Dr. Loomis. Uh, overacted everything in the best way. My least favorite was totally Linda with her fucking 11 totallys in like 22 minutes of screen time. <laughs> I um, I would have to say that Mike Myers' sister was uh, <laughs> top of the list for obvious reasons. Hey-o! And, and uh, I have to say my least favorite character in uh, the movie is the nurse because, I mean, she's just a fucking moron. <laughs> Probs, let's see what you got. Yeah, I was gonna say I. Hmm, I think my favorite person is probably the English teacher because of her her setting the stage for for that wonderful literature uh, reference, that kind of that pull through narrative about the force of fate being a force of nature. So she's definitely definitely top number one. Probably with a deep dig yeah, right man. there. And I think my the least favorite person I had. Um, just think the the police chief again, just constantly mm-hmm. police chiefs just are never the most capable people to handle a crisis. And I've never actually like been like really had like a terrible experience with the with like a police chief. But I just imagine if like one happened to have like happen to happen around where I live, like he would just be the most incompetent person like ever, <laughs> just based purely off film. Just kicking I see, rocks. I, feel like I, I disagree because I feel like that's the only person that believes Donald Pleasance in this entire fucking movie. Is but not really. Chief. He's like, oh, I hope he you're doesn't. right. But if you are, it's your fault. Like, let this be on your head. It's like, why? He's the one who's like screaming about it from, you know, town to town. So for my favorite, he's not necessarily a character, but I'm going to say John Carpenter just because I love his music. And oh, uh, for a movie that costs 300 grand, he did a great job with it. Uh, especially since like a third of that went to Donald Pleasance just for his salary. Uh, uh, I mean, that's 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 it. John Carpenter is the hero of this fucking movie. Yeah, he is. Um, and then least favorite, I'm gonna say old pussy boy Tommy. Uh, you know, he could have been the hero of the in this movie, but I still would have hated him just because of the whole fucking why 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 <laughs> thing that they, that introduced him. Um, I think that just Tommy and Andy from Child's Play just should go just run into oncoming traffic. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, 
All right, Mary Fuck Kill, the three lead girls in this movie. Just kidding. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. thank you. I, I do enjoy getting a paycheck. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're okay, so if you were Michael Myers and you broke into a hardware store to steal a mask, what kind of mask would you want? I'm gonna go off my karaoke resume, and uh, that karaoke resume would lead me to select a prince mask. Because uh, I do a pretty mean rendition of purple rain, purple rain. Oh, boy. Those are all the words he knows without the little bouncing ball. I never wanted to be (laughs) your weekend lover. (laughs) We should have more songs. I don't want to be some kind of friend. Hey. Kim, your turn. What mask? Oh, right. Um, who's next? I can go if you guys want. <laughs> Do it. Okay. Let's just uh, try to just, un- just, just uncleanse that palate. Uncork that have. one. Let's, let's just put a close hook inside of her brain and just act like that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say the Burger King mask. I think that would be a good one. It started kind of horrifying, and then it would just be funny that people would just be screaming, Oh, my God, it's the BK King! Just as I chase them down, um, I would I would probably pick a King, uh, um, a Craig Kimbrell mask because uh, <laughs> it would just it would frighten every single Massachusetts resident right now. I can tell you that much. <laughs> oh my God, the man's gonna ruin my life. <laughs> he can't throw a strike. Right, so that's that's my mask choice. Yeah, I'm trying to think what mask. You know, I want one of those like oldie timey masks that like. Doctors from the 1500s used to wear it because they thought it looked like like death. It was like a big bird's beak. The pointy nose. Yeah, it's like things. one of those dumb looking yeah. ones. I'd be like, like, why did you ever think this would work to scare away like bad bad spirits? Like it's it's a bird face. That's what that means. In case our listeners didn't know, Yo. Mike uh, had history for, got a history degree because he's the only one that understands that. <laughs> I was gonna say, did they, they, had, they don't know if they would notice during when I, I know was you're talking about. The, oh, okay. What? Once again, the smart podcast, Max and Preble, go. You guys go speak amongst yourselves. <laughs> we'll sit there with our fine jackets. And... Our, me and Tim will wallow in our own filth. <laughs> someone's has to wallow in someone's filth. Okay, if Mark Wahlberg was in this, what would he be confused about? Why are you breathing so hard? You don't work out like me. You don't. Fucking, <laughs> you're not hitting the fucking gym, dude. <laughs> you're not drinking smart water. What the fuck is Halloween I all mean, about, bro? Bro. I saw, I saw you pin that guy up right with that knife. How much did you bench? <laughs> no, no. Mark Wahlberg would be the guy who got pinned up by the knife, and he would just still be talking <laughs> to to <laughs> like, Yo, Myers, bro, like, how, how, how much you squat? Still confused. You squat? And, and that's and that's why Mike Myers would cock his head. He'd just be like, what? You're still talking right now? <laughs> okay, bro. Fuck? That was a pretty good move. Can you teach me that? You know, I produce entourage. Yeah. Do you want to be an entourage? Mike Myers is just sitting there like, what? <laughs> For, for you know, for a guy who doesn't go out much, you're a pretty good driver. Yeah. I'm pretty good at driving too. You ever seen an Italian job? <laughs> and then, and then Mike Myers would walk away, would, and then he'd come back on screen and go and lift up his mask and goes, "Can you get me Turtles autograph?" I've got to say, I've got to say, I would love to see Mark Wahlberg in a in an adaptation of Halloween. Oh my god, that would be great. Oh my god, just Mark Wahlberg being like, "What should we do? What should we fucking do?" What day is it? It's Halloween, Mark. We've, been, we've told this like 15 times. Day? We're honoring our veterans. <laughs> oh, Do you God. need me to put on my police uniform? 
Yeah. Do you want me and Pete Berg to put together a movie? <laughs> we can do something about this. Well, yeah. if it's Halloween, you know I'm going to go as a soldier. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Either a soldier or I'm going to be an oil rig man. <laughs> I'm going to be a rugged, Anything, I'm gonna I'm gonna be be a rugged masculine man. Donnie, do my fucking makeup. <laughs> okay. Unlike IMDb with an easy 0 through 10 score or Rotten Tomatoes with their certified fresh and percentage score, we've decided to do our own scoring system. So what would your score be for this movie, guys? Well, who, who wants to go first? I'll I'll lead her off here because I'm pretty sure everyone knows what side of the fence I fall on. Uh, I think it's a good until move. the Red Sox are out of the playoffs. What's that? <laughs> it's until the Red Sox are out of the playoffs. Right. So um, I'm gonna say it's uh, four lukewarm chicken wings out of uh, two lukewarm chicken wings. So that, that's a, that's a pretty stellar Ooh, score. Two to one ratio. For yeah, someone that good. doesn't like horror movies, that's that's a pretty stellar score. Yeah, I respect the art. <laughs> uh, so I'll 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 go you next. Uh, so I think this is two smashed potted plants over one child <laughs> falling over on top of a on top of a pumpkin, a la almost baby from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think all of our listeners know where I'm going with oh, this. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm no. going to go one <laughs> bloody knife out of one bloody coat hanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm. Because this is basically, uh, Tim, if you're on the same schedule as I am. Schedule? This is schedule, yeah. Menstrual schedule. Schedule? Menstrual schedule. Uh, if you're on the same... Okay, uh, for my score, um, what I'm going to... T- <laughs> Again, mute button. <laughs> Basically, hold on, pause. What I'm trying to say, Tim, this no, is No, no pause. Let's finish perfect. the show. I'm going I'm to stick with the math. So I'm going to give this 70 million divided by 300,000, which equals 233.33, because that is the amount of times this, mo- that, uh, this movie made back on its budget. I like that. That's good. Go Investors. Mm-hmm. And if you would want to equivalent that to today, this movie would have cost $1.1 million and it would have made $270 million. That's pretty good. Bazinga. Fucking crushing it. That's that insane. It's a good film. Good, good job, John. It was pretty good. It's funny. Carpenter's follow-up to this was a TV movie uh, that was an Elvis biopic oh, starring gosh. Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, it's now, now, Kurt Russell—he uh, uh, was on a roll for a while though. Did, after this, did, you know, rebound. I mean, the thing was fucking awesome. Oh yeah. So he did. After this, he did the Fog. He oh. did the Thing. Uh, no, he did Escape from New York, the Fog, the Thing, and and um, Big Trouble. And then Little my China. favorite movie, one of one of the greatest films I've ever seen in my life. That is by far my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I love that movie. Yep, and we're, we'll have to do that someday for uh, for our podcast. But that's definitely one that I want to do with all of us watching because I know uh, Tim will get a kick out of it, and so will so will Derek. So good. So that's the show. And if uh, all you guys, anybody is on Instagram, uh, you can look us up at tdbackrow underscore pod. If you want to write into our mailbag, you can reach us at tdbackrow at gmail dot com. Also, uh, certainly feel free to write and review on iTunes because uh, the more reviews we get. 
the more exposure we get. And uh, appreciate everybody for listening. And stay tuned for next week because we're going to be doing a doozy, as uh, we have already mentioned. And we'll be uh, dissecting Halloween 3, uh, which is the only unrelated movie in this franchise that does not feature Michael Myers, Haddonfield, Jamie Lee Curtis, or anything that made any of this this actual movie good and memorable. (laughs) So until next time, make sure your babysitters don't have their friends boning in your (laughs) bed. Oh, God. I would actually strongly encourage Bye, everybody. Boo. No, do that. Bye, everybody. Everyone keep it high and tight. Goodbye. Uh, You can stop recording. So, Max, around (laughs) like, uh, there's going to be about 15 minutes of silence for my thing here. I just realized because my computer like froze up and stopped Uh my audacity. God damn it, Preble. So, from about (laughs) 45 minutes till about, I don't know, 15 minutes. You're probably just going to hear... That's all right. You're just probably going to hear my Skype. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, that's why I recorded Skype as a backup, so it's all good. Praise If you praise have anything... Me. Yeah, if anything big comes in, we'll just throw that in there. Yeah. It's all good. Preble, Preble I, I don't want to speak for the rest of the group, but we all know that clearly you're the weak link and you're fired. Wait, who's that lady you're that fired. does that film or does that show? Do you know what I mean? She's a lesbian. She's Susan a Sarandon. Oh, the weakest link. Susan Sarandon. It was a real low Judy point Dench. <laughs> and and, and, and Hesh. I was gonna say. In Hesh. In Hesh. How's cousin Kyle? What are you doing here? <laughs> well, you're. <laughs> Surprisingly, Drake Strunk does a great Kyle's cousin Kyle impression. My glasses. My glasses. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jake also does a really good job of fighting people in the stands at Neyland Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most proficient at that. He's the most life, effective of leaving at halftime thinking the game's over. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, great. Oh, Hope you're listening, Jake. Yeah, enjoy. He's just like, well, well, fellas, it's time for me to hit the dusty trail, <laughs> and just gets up and just nosedives down the stairs. Gentlemen, it's been, it's been a pleasure. And then he just takes a sucker punch at Derek, and then just <laughs> smoothly walks down the stadium <laughs> as he's falling. Just at what it's called, what it's called up here, it's called exiting like a gentleman. <laughs> I bid you adieu, and then just falls down like 15 rows of stairs. <laughs> Nose diving from the 300 level of Neyland Stadium. <laughs> Most effective way to get out of the stadium. All Where right. are we? Did, did the girl it. just die in the car? Yeah. Yep. We just strangled her. Okay. And he's dead. Oh. Speaking of props, uh, Madison, Tennessee, where uh, Derek lives, uh, there's a haunted house yep. here. And um, the other day, at this haunted house, this guy who apparently didn't work at the haunted house uh, said, hey, I dare you to stab your friend here. And he handed this person a knife. They thought it was a fake knife, and it wasn't. Also, not to, not to, oh. not to, not so to Derek, pull where this were whole you thing last back. Not to hold, pull this whole thing back, but said haunted house has been rated as the number one haunted house in America. Oh, that's How a different one. How you figure out why that is? That's a different one. Nope, it's this one. Is it really? Okay. It sure We're not is. going anymore. Wow. Yeah, this won't be in the podcast, but um, there is a, uh, on Netflix, there's a thing called uh, Dark Tourist. Mm-hmm. So check that out because it's they do have awesome. the one from Tennessee in, in, yeah, the, no, it's, in it's, the episode. Yeah, 
it's from uh, I forget where it is, but I watched it. If y'all haven't watched Dark Tourist, it's awesome. It's great. Uh, it's really it's good. It's like a guy that goes to like and thing that I hate. I was in Milwaukee, and mm, uh, they've got Dahmer. a Jeffrey Dahmer tour that I never went to do. Ugh. But like that would have been that would have been really cool, in my opinion. Like, yeah, it's all gone now though. They tore all that shit down. Oh fuck! Yeah, like that that uh, that apartment building after they found all that shit, they just tore the whole fucking thing down. Probably a wise. (laughs) Probably should. Probably a wise move. I agree. Yep. Okay.